Hello, and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Lucas Stock. And I am Jens Nelson. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. We are back recording another episode on another fine Sunday afternoon. It is a a uh, a sunny sixty degrees here. Must be nice. Uh, it it's been it's been chilly. I mean, not not northeast chilly. My mom said I think it was. So this is Sunday. So like Friday and Saturday, as in yesterday and two days ago. I think in New England, it, like wind chills got down to minus sixty or something. They had one of those like vortex things. Polar vortex. Like just completely deep freeze for a couple days or whatever i don't know i don't know if it's warmed up there but here it it, the last the last week or so it's been rainy and like chilly but now it's 60 and sunny so uh might go to the zoo later just kind (laughs) of hang out enjoy the weather dude this fine february (laughs) i was in i was in minneapolis this past week for work and it wasn't nearly as bad as what you just said but it was it was like negative 20 negative 30 wind chill i think the high each day was like negative two so that was pretty insane. Today's nice though. It's like thirty-five and sunny, which is nice for us this time of year here in Wisconsin. Yeah, and a sunny a sunny thirty-five is actually kind of nice. Yeah, I feel like like not just compared to minus two, but <laughs> it's a it's a it's pleasant to go for a walk. Like Hannah and I went for a walk yesterday in similar weather, and it was like, yeah, this is pretty nice. Yeah, nice. Well, speaking of going for a walk in the nice outdoor weather in nature. We're going to talk about technology, mm. uh, or not not in general, but specifically sort of as a somewhat like low-key discussion-based question that, that opens the door to a lot of other related questions, trains of thought, other ways that you can, you can explore similar topics as this. We wanted to talk about basically pose a question to each other and then kind of just talk about it. That question being, would we be better off without the internet? Or are we better off with the internet? And to clarify by we, um, I mean like the world, humanity. I, I don't just mean me and you sitting here talking via the internet or uh you know me in my own personal life or like those in my social circle and and what we do um those are valid questions um but i'm even i'm even looking and thinking about this on sort of that macro scale of like i mean would the world be better off yes or no if the internet simply had never existed and i think it's fun and I, I would say I think it's helpful as well to kind of pose like really like humongous questions like that because I think it being such a sort of extreme question to imagine a global, you know, 21st century society where the internet never was invented. Like that's such a stark difference to what the real world is like that I think it, it can kind of help in these sorts of conversations, it can kind of help shed some light on some things that might be a little bit harder to notice if you're just thinking about like, oh, how would my own life be different if I, you know, cut back on my internet usage or um, something like that. So 
I'm not trying to limit our conversation. I just wanted to clarify, like, I mean as big as, <laughs> like, literally the internet didn't exist. Um, and so, like, I guess what I'll do is I'll, I'll kick it to you, and then we'll go however however we go, we'll go. We'll just kind of go with the flow. But um, if you had, like, a gut reaction gun to your head, yes or no, what would your answer be to that huge question? Like, would the world be better off if the internet had never been invented? Yes or no? Like, what's your sort of gut response to that? Gut response, yes. And so thank you for listening to this episode of... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but in all seriousness, I think, you know, gun to my head or, you know, that meme where the guy has like two buttons and it's like destroy internet or, you know, keep it in existence or whatever. I'd, I'd be pretty quick to slam that destroy internet button. Um, and obviously... It goes without saying, at this point in history, this is purely hypothetical. I, the, the internet's not going anywhere. It's not like even on the horizon, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. Like, I just foresee the internet evolving and becoming more um, intrusive into our daily lives. Um, but I guess some some of my preliminary thoughts, when, when you posed this to me, the, the gut reaction is always social media. I mean, the first thing I think that a lot of people think about when they think about the internet is social media websites like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit. You can think perhaps of like older older forms, uh, stuff like AIM and MySpace and um, I don't know. It seemed like there were like like WeMe or like there were like, like you know little avatars you could make where you could have friends or whatever. Like since the creation of the internet, there have been you know chat rooms and forums and all all manner of of social platforms where people could engage and i think by and large uh, humanity has suffered pretty greatly as a result um you think about things like i mean as simple as like as bullying as um uh, pornography uh you just i don't know you think of like the 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 ease with which we can access literally anything you have especially now with with the advent of things like smartphones we literally have an unending access i mean you could be almost anywhere in the world like one of my friends went to thailand recently and he was talking about how he had better reception on the international plan in thailand than he has in in america most days um, so it's like you can literally take your phone across the globe and and get on 5G, get on the Wi-Fi and access all the same things that you'd have here in America. Or, you know, if you live somewhere else and you come here, go elsewhere, whatever, like the, the Internet is is a global thing. You can access it um, just about anywhere. It's not relegated anymore to your home computer or like computer cafes or the local library. Like I recognize that some people that is their current and only access perhaps but like as americans with i i mean i'm literally sitting in in my my second bedroom office area i have an ipad with notes for this conversation i have my iphone in front of me which is how i'm looking at and hearing lucas and then we're recording on my wife's macbook so I have three Apple devices in front of me, all of which can access the internet, um, some of them more conveniently than others, depending on where I'm at and what I'm doing. Um, but my my life, more or less, has been lived with internet access. I, I mean, I remember my family's big, huge gateway computer that we got, and you know, we'd play games and have really simple access to, you know, 
really I can't even remember the type of websites they were, but we had limited internet access. And as as I grew up, uh, I remember my first smartphone. I remember my first personal laptop. I remember my first tablet. Um, I mean, like all these things. Like the re- I, I personally grew up with them. I recognize that for many of our listeners, that's probably not the case. I mean, I think of my own parents who who didn't grow up with with the internet. Um, but on the on the whole, as as convenient. I mean, there are there are so many reasons that the internet is great. I mean, we even alluded to a couple of them in a recent episode. But like, think of research papers, for example. Uh, when when my parents were kids, if they wanted to do a research paper, you went to the local library, you got the encyclopedias, you got other resource books, and you had to use those as your um, you know sources. But now, I mean, think of even something like Logos, Bible software, the the crazy database that exists there, access to I mean, out of print and who knows whatever else resources that like in other points of human history, you would have had to go to a library on the other side of the world maybe to have access to it. But now I have access on my iPad, on my phone, whenever I want on demand. Um, And even as I say that, that sounds like a good thing. But is it always a good thing? Is having and and maybe this is where I'll kick it to you for further conversation um, as humans who were made for relationships with with other humans and and really in person to to be communal to to talk and exist and live with one another what does a on demand i need it now world look like like i i'll give you just one more example before i kick it to you um my wife my wife and i re- recently learned that through our amazon prime subscription that certain products apparently qualify for what they're calling overnight shipping. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but like my, for example, my wife ordered a um, like a heating pad. Like she often uses it when she's you know has a uncomfortable back or something, and it it, it plugs in because um, her the one that she had died. It wasn't working, and she's like, man, I don't want to have to run to the store. And so we were just like looking on Amazon to see how much one was, and it said overnight shipping. It was like eight thirty at night when we place the order and I'm sitting on my couch the next morning eating breakfast at like 6 30 AM and I get a delivered notification, which is just like unreal that Amazon would receive an order at 8 30 PM, pick it, pack it, ship it, deliver it in a matter of like eight hours or whatever. Like that's unreal. That's a, that's a like everything now type of world. And I recognize that maybe depending on where you live, that service isn't available, but, um, Without internet, that sort of thing is not possible. You you have to go to your local store. You have to travel somewhere to go get something. But now, I I didn't even have to leave my house. So what what do you think of that idea of like this everything now on demand, instant access? What does that do to our our minds and our hearts? Like having, I mean, literally unfettered access to whatever we want. I think that's probably maybe not the I might have to think more about about how to put this but like that's certainly one of the like central problems that I think any like thinking person you know who who pays attention to the way that the internet affects their their life and their community as well as the world around them will come to and and, and have to answer and wrestle with because it's not 
Like, it's not neutral. I, I think there's a pretty, like, dangerous tendency to just kind of assume that these things are neutral. And when I say these things, I basically mean, like, tech, technological developments, right? So, like, we just assume... You know, part of it is is when you've just grown up with it, or or it's it's so prevalent that even if it's you know new, it just becomes a part of your daily routine or your daily life. You just kind of get numbed to it because it's just it's just normal. But like, there's also um, in addition to just like taking things for granted that are normal, there's also just the assumption that it's like, yeah, you know, it might not be necessarily a good thing, you know that. Uh, motor vehicles exist in such a way that um, many, you know, I don't know, the, I don't know statistically, but I would assume probably most adults in America, um, I know not not everybody, but have access to at least one like personal vehicle, right? And they can drive around from place to place, get to school, get to work, get to uh, the store, like. There's like kind of an assumption like, oh, well, well, it doesn't really matter how I get from point A to point B. It just matters like that I get from point A to point B and a car is more convenient. So I choose that versus walking or riding a bike. But like technology, like, like what I'm trying to say is technology. I don't, th I don't think, and I'm sure somebody who has thought more about this and is smarter than me could like pick this apart. But my intuition at least is to say that it's never neutral. Like any kind of new technology, any new tool that you introduce to your life, that you, um, you know, take on into your routine to, you know, like an organization tool or, um, and, and, and I'm, I mean technology in, in every, like in the base sense, like, like, like a notebook that you write with pen and, and pencil on paper, like that's a technology, right? Writing is a tech, is a technology, um, it doesn't just mean like electronic, you know, modern 20th, 21st century stuff. But but the internet is not neutral. It's a long-winded way of saying that. And so I think that it's it's like, it's not neutral, but it's also not just a case of convenience, right? Like there are two ways to get a heating pad. And I drive down to Walgreens or I overnight ship it on Amazon. And they cost the same, and there's this, it's going to be the same basic th product, and uh, either way I end up with it, you know, I'll pick the way that is easier for me, saves me a trip. Like, that is not the extent of, of like, evaluating that process. Like, the question you're asking is exactly the right question, is what I'm trying to say. Like, there's something more to it than just, you know... Uh, we have a variety of equally valid and neutral options of how to accomplish whatever our goal is. And we basically just need to pick the one that makes the most sense that we have access to and the resources to, to do. And if it happens to be that we have, you know, the most like mind bogglingly sophisticated logistics <laughs> system in human history and the internet connectivity to do it, we can order our products online and get them within 12 hours. Like, like it, it, that there's just more, there's more that needs to be said. And I think the whole like on demand thing, like just the other day I was like sitting with talking with some friends and I was, I was like wondering something like we, we were talking about something and like a, I, I like asked a question and then I was like, 
I like, I made a joke about it, but I was also serious. Like I was like, I'm purposefully not pulling out my phone to Google it because in two seconds I could, I could find the answer to my question. And like there it, it's, it's, it leads to some funny jokes, but I have in recent years, especially become really aware of that and being like, like, you know, even, it's not even back in my day, it's back in a day before I was, uh, at least before I was, you know, fully grown for sure. Like you, you just had to wonder things, you know, like, cause like when I was a little kid, you know, I, I was too little to be thinking this way, but if I was sitting out at, outside with my with my friends and we had a question at the very least i'd have to like wait till i could get inside and pull up the computer you know or going further back in time i had to wait till i could you know get to the local library to look up you know a book that had that answer um which in itself is like a super like significant development and advancement just how easy it is to go to the library like just that idea go to the library like is is significant like historically speaking in terms of a place that actually has all those books and 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 other forms of of information and knowledge too but it's like just that act of like wondering and waiting being completely unnecessary and just the instant gratification of whatever I need to know or, or not or not even need to know whatever I want to know at any given time I have I have like you said unfettered access to all the information I can think of as long as I can think of what search terms to put in a search engine basically you know and maybe some things are locked behind a paywall you know so I can't access but like I can get to it and it's like that's that that whole idea like I don't think anybody would would say like if you were raising a child and they had instant like like the way that they were raised all of their whims and wishes and desires were instantly met like you just immediately gave them whatever they asked for or demanded they didn't have to learn how to wait they didn't like like we would probably say that person would being a, was being a bad parent and it's like when it comes to even if we limit it to just like information that's how we that's how we live just complete instant gratification but it's not limited to just information and it's just more and more not limited to just information because it's like there was a time where online shopping was new and think about how much of a revelation that would have been but now it's like you know I get impatient if I have to wait three to five business days for shipping something that I bought online, let alone, you know, and I know, I know in some cities, at least they, maybe, maybe this didn't, maybe they don't do this anymore, but, but like, I know this was only available in certain, you had to be like a certain distance, but like two hour prime shipping, you know, like, like that, that's been around at least in limited, you know, areas. And it's like that kind of thing. It's like, that's very much we're talking about buying products like that's very much not <laughs> like there's just to to take instant gratification and apply it to literally everything and 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 you know maybe I'm not trying to learn something and you know oh it would be it would foster some sort of self-discipline to like make myself wait until I can go to a library and look it up okay like like that can sound kind of trivial or like yeah you know like it's 
we should want to delay our gratification when, you know, like it, it might be, it might be a, a good self-discipline practice to like go to the store to buy your next whatever instead of ordering it for two hour shipping or whatever. But also think about like entertainment, like, cause that's in the similar way, it's all instantly available. Um, and it's like, oh, I feel like, you know, I've got, I have 180 free seconds while I like wait for the elevator to come down to the floor or whatever. Um, good. I can, I can cram into that little window of time as many images and videos and, and tweets and whatever as I want because I can just click a couple of icons on a screen and boom, I can just scroll past, you know, as, as fast as I can scroll. I, there's, there's new things to, to swing by. And like neurologically, physiologically, not just, not just psychologically, but like physiologically, I, I don't know, but I can't imagine that having that kind of a, um, like we've talked about social media and, and other, you know, related technology and, and applications of technology, like the addictive quality of it before on, on this show. Um, but like to, to have, I, I, I can't imagine that our brains are not sh- being literally like, you know, neuroplasticity or whatever, like shaped around this instant gratification. You know, like I said, I get impatient having to wait three to five days when I order something online. Like that feeling doesn't come out of nowhere, right? Like that that's that's me being conditioned and trained to 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 interact and interface with the world around me in a certain way of of instant gratification, I think is the only way to to really explain what I'm trying to say. And it's like like I agree that's not good. You know, like like at the very at the very very minimal level, like we we want to say things like patience would be, you know, something good right? Like patience, fruit of the spirit. There, there, there's virtue in being able to wait patiently, um, to delay gratification, uh, to, to know how to deny certain, you know, like wants and desires that might not be best or might not be, you know, like, oh, I, I'm at work at three in the afternoon. Like, I want to take a nap, but I, it's not appropriate for me to do that. I have to delay my like desire for, for, for sleep till later or whatever. Like, like why it's, it's kind of like we skip over the fact that like by virtue of having smartphones and, 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 you know, personal computers with internet access, basically anywhere that we go, um, completely cuts against all of those things that we know are like true and good things being patient is good right like somebody who is impatient and and complains whenever they don't get their way immediately like we would all kind of ridicule that i would think if we saw that in in the level of like you know a kid screaming in the grocery store because his mom won't buy him candy it's like oh yeah there's a little kid being a little brat and he is being a little brat and part of being a kid and growing up is you learn that that's not how you live. <laughs> but we're kind of like, at the same time, teaching the opposite. I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like that 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 instant gratification really gets at, at the very least, a problem. But I do think it goes even bigger than that, where the 
even even and I'll, I'm curious what you think about this. Like I think about this a lot with um with respect to like like I kind of made an example earlier with like cars and like questioning like like is society has society really like benefited like society like our social cultural connection as people who live in communities like has that has that been helped by the like mass production and and you know ubiquity of cars um where where individuals or families just drive can drive everywhere like like you know People live 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes away from their, their, where they, where their kids go to school and where they work and where they go to church. And it's like, there, that's not a community any like that kind of thing. And it's kind of like, there's a similar thing where the, the, the connectivity of the internet, not even just in terms of access to, to entertainment and, and, uh, buying things and information, but even like what we're doing now, where it's like, there's there's a time not long ago at all <laughs> where this couldn't happen like like a a live real time video call forget the recording part just a video call you know like i remember when when it was like crazy that you could skype someone like whoa you need a webcam <laughs> and like it's all grainy and the connection's terrible and it never works. <laughs> um, and like, or like video conferencing at work and stuff, or like the idea of remote work. Like there were lots of jobs that you can do fully remote now that 15, 20, 30 years ago, those same jobs couldn't be remote, even if people wanted to. And so it's like, it's like a similar thing where it's with the car thing where it's like, obviously there are, there are, there are huge benefits and like the good of being able to connect with somebody around the world, you know, if, if you have family or friends that live literally across the world, you can talk to them every day, you know, which is not something that is, was even probably in anyone's imagination, like hundreds of years ago, a hundred years ago, you know, um, but also like, like just, just because there are benefits and good, like the question is as a whole, does does that not just unlimited access but unlimited connection to you know with social media you've got like unlimited connection to complete strangers as well as people you know or in terms of like the ability to send text messages audio recordings videos phone calls video chats all that kind of stuff like playing video games together across long distance like all the ways that you can think of you know, internet-based connect connection between people. Like, I, I don't want to say that connection is a bad thing because I don't think that's true. But like, I I, hesi- I I don't believe that it's responsible probably to say that it's it's only a good thing that we have, you know, mediated through the internet the ability to feel as if we're connected. Because I think that's part of it, too, is we're not really connected. You know, when we hung out in Chicago a couple weeks ago, that's different than what we're doing now. I mean, this is the real me talking to the real you, and we're really talking, and we're really exchanging ideas, and we can really see each other's, like, facial reactions and body language because of the video. But, like, we're not together. 
talking. You, you, even if we had this same conversation in, the, in one room instead of across FaceTime, there would be something different. And I guess that that sense that there's something different makes me like want to question like yes it's good to be able to talk to people who live far away from you like that's a good thing you know i've spent mo- like my entire adult life basically living really far away from family so like it's good that i can call them right like that's just a good thing but i also like visit them and they visit me <laughs> and when we don't for a while there's like a sense that something is missing I've been rambling a lot, but I want, so I'm going to do the same thing to you. I'm going to kick it back to you and be like, yeah. you know, just in, ter- just in terms of this, like taking it in a slightly different way, just in terms of connection um, or, or like the connection that the internet offers us. Yeah. It's like, clearly I'm not going to say you should stop calling your family <laughs> or your friends. You know, like I don't believe that's true, but it is interesting to think like, are, like the, do the gains outweigh the costs are there costs? Am I just thinking about this wrong? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to sort of work this out. but Yeah. Well, one of my first, like one of, one of the thoughts that was rolling through as you were just talking was like that old adage of like everything in moderation. Because in, in a sense, yes, there are good things. Like it is good that we can look up information. It's good that we can be connected. It's even good that we can, um, you know, make virtual donations to causes on the other side of the globe perhaps for example instead of having to send money you know by boat or plane or through the mail or something like there there are there are good things but that's that that idea of moderation it's it's the i I think the 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 problem that we've run into is we've we've pushed and pushed and pushed for such a digital world such a um uh a, a world that really is like i mean think about your money it's it's in it's in a virtue it's is it even real it's in a it's in a bank account it's a number on a screen and that's all kind of like just out there in quote unquote in the internet or or you know i i, I was thinking about this so this is or like sort of related too but a lot of this just boils down to convenience uh and convenience sounds like a good thing on the surface but Maybe convenience is only a good thing, again, in moderation. Like, for example, I think of something like, um, uh, you know, getting your groceries online and then you just pick them up. Or placing an online order for Subway and you just go pick it up. What we lose, I think, personally, and again, a lot of people would be like, well, it's just more convenient. I'm a, you know, a busy person. I have so many things that I'm doing. Like, I don't have time to go get groceries. I don't have time to sit down or wait in line at Subway. So like conveniently, I'm just going to order these things. But I think where we've, where we find ourselves today, we are products of that. It's almost like an assembly line. Everything has to be the quickest way to do everything right now. And it's, it's, we, I think we lose some of the personality, uh, the real social engagement and interaction. Um, I think I, you know, when, when, uh, okay, we're, we're Christians, we're a theological podcast. We, we think theologically. And so when I think about the world that was created, we were, we were created to exist in a world together. I mean, the church is a community. It's a body. It's not a disjointed fractured thing out in in space you know connecting via facetime every week um i i I, i'm thinking too of like a book i read several years ago by tony renke it's called um 
12 ways your phone is changing you. And so I pulled up the 12, just basically the 12 things that he explores. And I figured it was a good thing to share in, a, in an episode like this. But he says, um, you know, so he offers he offers these ways that our, our smartphones especially are changing us or perhaps how they're revealing who we really are. So number one, we're addicted to distraction, checking our phones at an alarming rate, distracting us from God, life, the world around us, meaning others. Like I think about like parents who are so distracted by their phones or their devices to the neglect of their children that they're raising. What does that do? What, how, how does a, a child grow developmentally, relationally when a parent is distracted? Number two, we ignore f- <laughs> we ignore flesh and blood in preference to our smartphones. So when you could when you could conveniently go to Subway to pick up your order as opposed to waiting in line and you know engaging with the person who's making your food. Uh, number three, we crave the immediate approval of likes that are pr- that social media provide. Number four, we are losing literacy and the ability to follow long flows of thought. Man, that's true for me. So many times a day, I find myself just like getting distracted or like forgetting a thought or I can't follow something complex because everything that we get on our smartphones is like, it's just like thing after thing after thing. You don't have to engage very long. Like you're trying to find the quickest way to say something, the most, again, convenient uh, representation of, of X, Y, or Z. Number five, we feed on the produced fantasized images of life, staging our own experiences to produce an inflated image to others. So what we are seeing is often an illusion. What we are seeing is someone's projection of what they want you to see, whether that's a business, a person, or otherwise. And then we conversely do the same thing. We always like to put our best foot forward or our best front up so people don't see the like cracks and the brokenness you know look how happy i am out to drinks with my friend or like look at my this this and this never showing like i am like deeply depressed below the surface um number six we become like what we like dwelling on things we never knew we wanted until they were presented to us it's a pretty interesting one it's like that idea of um uh why am I blanking on this word? Again, I can't follow a long flow of thought. Um, like envy or like desiring that which we don't have. Number seven, we become lonely as we use our smartphones for semi-personal interactions through apps or to simply block out the world around us. That was that idea of like waiting for an elevator. Perhaps instead of engaging with like the people that are standing waiting too, you're, you, you sort of like shut in on yourself and, and look at your screen. Number eight, we get comfortable in secret vices or sins that are easily accessed and easily hidden by our smartphones. So think of like 30 years ago, if you wanted access to pornography, you were going to a store, um, a friend's house, you were going to some location where there was a very like uh, almost shameful like thing about it like you you had to go somewhere where you were risking being seen by friends family co-workers bosses but now you could go wherever you want you can literally be anywhere in your home at work out driving on the road like that is terrifying we get comfortable in these secret vices number nine we lose meaning as the quantity of needless information available makes it difficult to access quality or needed information and this could be its own episode topic 
all, all, all you know, altogether. Um, but this idea even of like news, what is news? What is noteworthy? What is something that should be displayed for everybody to see? Like what happens when there isn't a hurricane or a mass shooting or all these like really significant things? In a way, you have to manufacture something because you have the time slot on you know cable news. You ha- you you have to continue to pay the bills, so CNN's website's going to have stuff, right? But instead of quality and needed information, often we just have quantity. There's lots of just fluff, um, clickbait, etc. Number ten, we fear missing out on information, affirmation, and experiences. Fear of missing out, FOMO is real, and and I think especially social media, but like the internet in general, feeds that fear that we have. Number 11, we become harsh, letting out our frustrations with others in very public ways. There's something about, again, especially social media, but there's, there's something particular about the anonymity that comes with uh, hiding behind a screen that we're, we're more prone to releasing that anger or venting that frustration when in in public we otherwise might not out of fear of like this is just like not how you engage interpersonally but when when you're behind a screen especially if you're you know i think of like twitter all the like anon accounts you know like you know reformed batman or something like you you hide behind like an avatar like no one knows your real name or who you are and so you can get away with whatever you want and who's holding you accountable and then lastly number 12 we lose our place in time and get lost in a vague sea of instant access material and there's probably like a dozen other ways that our smartphones are changing us but these are just 12 like really simple, really obvious ways that we are are changed or molded or distorted even into an existence that I don't think we were created for. I mean, what, what, <clears throat> excuse me, I need to drink a water real quick. Um, what is really interesting when you think about it, we, on this plane of existence, in this world, we... We cannot see our our Lord and Savior. We cannot see Him face to face, right? We we don't, we we have access to Him to through through prayer, um, you know, through the the sacraments. There there are ways in which we can we can like experience the divine, um, but in some sense, we 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 our relation to Christ is almost like social media. And I mean, and I I, I please don't like mishear me on this. What I'm trying to say is like. There's a reason that on this earth now we live in communities we 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 ought to desire as often as possible like human interaction, friendships, familial relationships, even just like acquaintances that are made, but like th- there's something about, you know, you you mentioned like the fruit of the spirit. I think of just general interaction with people on a daily basis like think of a world and and i know it's difficult because it's not our world anymore but think of like the world of jesus i for example i took a class at moody called life and bible times and so it literally meant was meant to explain like what was life like for people who lived during the the days that the bible was you know being written and existing right so like if we want to make it just really simple think of the world of jesus 
when Jesus was flesh and blood on this plane of existence on the earth, how did people engage? What was commerce like? How like trading? What was what was money? What 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 sort of engagement did you have in the public square? I think of stuff like the Areopagus, where people would come together to like share all sorts of ideas vocally in community. It wasn't just like, here's a Reddit thread where people are wanting to talk about, you know, and it's, it's a very similar thing, but a different avenue or medium. Uh, and so like, think about things like that. And I'm not trying to be like, oh, those were the days, the glory days of old, where like life was the way it was supposed to be. Like I recognize there was really messed up stuff that went on even then. People died, people killed each other, people coveted. But what, what are we made for relationally? Like, as humans who are created for a reason, for a purpose, how does the internet specifically change or alter that purpose? Whether it's to God, whether it's to people, right? Um, yeah, I just, in a, ver- in, a, in a very real way, personally speaking, I feel like the reason my answer to the originally posed question is yes, that like we are better off without the internet. Um, because Okay, so I'm thinking about it in terms of like right now today. Most of my internet access is via a smartphone. I ha- Yes, I ha- my wife has a laptop, but it's not used for browsing the internet. Like I know that that's how the internet was accessed in a previous time, but most people right now today access the internet from a phone. And I think having those devices in our pockets constantly, and I have to have mine constantly because my blood sugar reader, like my Dexcom, it, it Bluetooth feeds my phone. So like I, I have an app for Dexcom so that I can see right now where my blood sugar is. If I go, I think it's like 30 feet from that connection, it loses Bluetooth connectivity and thus like I can't get my blood sugar reading. So like I am quite literally tethered to my smartphone constantly. And I think that that generally speaking is a bad thing. We are enslaved to our devices. Most people, uh, when I, I, I promise this is the last thing I'll say, then I'll kick it to you because now I've been rambling. Um, but like studies have shown the anxiety that is induced when a smartphone or a device is taken away. When when we lose that connection, that 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 FOMO, that fear of missing out really starts to kick in for some reason. We've become so conditioned, so reliant upon these devices that in many ways we don't know how to engage well. And I think of people who have been literally raised with these things, are we teaching children to engage well? I, I don't know. I, I personally, I don't have kids of my own yet, but like, I, these are like real thoughts for parents right now who who are raising children in this age. Is like, how do we teach our kids to not be reliant upon iPads and phones and computers? Because more and more, again, it's convenient. I recognize, but parents are just putting screens in front of their children to distract them. When like, you know, I have to do this, I have to do that. So like, here's a screen for you. What is that a good thing? Is that you know? So what are what are some of your thoughts on some of what I've said here? Do you do you have pushback? Do you have like general agreement? I'm curious what you think. Yeah, definitely in agreement. I think um, I don't really I don't have any pushback. I agree with everything you said, and I don't have really much to add. Just to say, like the problem or the reason, you know, I've I've recently like 
been kind of falling down the rabbit hole a little bit on like YouTube of like, like, you know, like analog, like, you know, pen and paper, like fancy pens and like fancy notebook systems. And, you know, like, I don't really understand it, but like, there's that whole like bullet journaling thing, you know, like those kinds of like, like systems for organization and planning, but like, especially people who prefer or emphasize like doing it in a, in a non-digital way. Um, but also like tied with that, like, like forms of minimalism where you're like, you know, you have a dumb phone. Like I know people in real life who, who they, they got rid of their smartphone and they've got like the, the, the light phone or just a, just a cheap dumb phone or whatever, um, for a lot of these, these same kinds of reasons we've been talking about. And like what it really comes down to what you're talking about, like what you're talking about is what it really comes down to is all of these like. The, the reason that I would even think to pose a question like this or, and the reason that somebody would, would think through and be like, you know, at the very least, be able to point out the, the negative and harmful pieces of what it's like to live in an internet-filled world um, is exactly the relationality, like, cost, maybe we could say. Like, the, the what you're saying, like, the way that it has, like, like formed but but like malformed our our ability to relate to other people in big ways and small ways and um i totally agree and i'm gonna read a quote that that i've been just obsessed with i read this book like a couple weeks ago and i've just been ever since i've just been obsessed with this quote it's this philosopher um he's writing about about um like society and the way things have changed so um He's, this is, you know, without getting too much into the weeds, I'll just read this quote because I think it, it so epitomizes like our society um, that, like I said, it's just been stuck in my head for weeks now, just, just this quote. But so he's talking about the economy, but, but this applies to, this applies in, in all kinds of ways, not just in terms of economics. And, and I mean, it applies in economics and we've talked about economics with like Amazon and stuff. So, you know, this isn't, this isn't too irrelevant or too off topic is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, the first stage of the economy's domination of social life brought about an evident degradation of being into having. Human fulfillment was no longer equated with what one was but with what one possessed. So he said that's stage one. Instead of fulfillment, what is what is a fulfilling life, instead of who I am, it's now what I have, right? That was stage one of like social development. And he's talking about what he sees as a, as a new stage. The present stage in which social life has become completely occupied by the accumulated productions of the economy this present stage is bringing about a general shift from having to appearing. All having, quote unquote, must now derive its immediate prestige and its ultimate purpose from appearances. At the same time that all individual reality has become social, in the sense that it is shaped by social forces and is directly dependent on them. Individual reality is allowed to appear only insofar as it is not actually real. So what, what, what's been stuck in my head is this being into having into appearing. Like you said earlier about like when you look on social media, 
you see these other lives that 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 other people are 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 leading but like you're you don't really and anyone who's ever had a social media you don't need to be like some influencer with millions of followers to 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 do this anyone who has ever had any kind of social media curates what they post that's i mean even if you didn't try to you would just by definition because your facebook or your twitter or your instagram or your youtube or whatever is not just a 24 it's not like the truman show like it's not just a 24 7 feed of your thoughts and life so by by definition you're you're choosing what goes up there so instead of our fulfillment is like uh i forget which one of those 12 ways our phones are shaping us that you read but like we we are conditioned into seeking and again it's immediate it's instant it's but it's like we're, we we want thumbs digital thumbs up and hearts. That's our fulfillment. Well, that's not even a possession. <laughs> At least a hundred years ago, I could be obsessed with, you know, how much stuff I owned. But now I'm not even obsessed with how much stuff I'm I own. I'm just obsessed with what it looks like. <laughs> you, you know, like like it's such a it's such a far cry from. Like you, you've you've referenced a couple times, like the 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 world as it's actually been created, as 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 we've actually been created as people who bear God's image, working and keeping the garden. Like like you think about the 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 images that we conjure up in our minds of Eden to a world dominated by images. Like it's such a far cry. And what what I did, I I wanted to save till I read the quote. He wrote this book. Guy Debord wrote this book that that quote comes from in 1968. Dang. <laughs> um, I cannot imagine. Well, I actually I can't. I bet I bet he would write the same book today. Like he would just his examples would be and even more scathing. Know, like social, you know, and, and it's like it's it's just it's just unbelievable how to just how top to bottom, inside and out, like. This is not a new like concern that I've had, you know, questioning the impact of the internet. And I still am totally plugged in to on a day-to-day basis and like there's stuff that I don't necessarily have as much control over in terms of like, you know, uh getting schoolwork done or even going to work like the systems we use for, you know, checking people out at Starbucks and doing our inventory like that's all internet enabled and internet based so like there's some of that where it's like i don't have a say over that but the bulk of it is you know i'm watching tv and videos and and like browsing and surfing and all that kind of stuff and it's like like i do have control over that but it's like you said we're, we're completely enslaved and that's that's people like aside from the blood sugar thing like obviously that's different but like like you and i are people who are like have been and and right now especially are being like thoughtful about it and we've thought these things through and i mean you know I mean, social media is like a pretty common thing to talk about but it, but it applies to everything else we've talked about today imagine like if you've just never even thought about this before just just how much more pervasive that like being into having into appearing kind of thing is so I wanted to share that quote. I wasn't planning on sharing it. No, but, that's good um, though. That's good. It just it. I just feel like that that is it's it's an unbelievable kind of summary of our world. That it's 
it seems to capture it in one sentence and it's and it's specifically like i wrote in the in the margin of, of my copy of the book like social media is like mm. the it's like 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 i said he wrote this you know 50 60 years ago but like social media is like that idea incarnated <laughs> and it, i mean it's not really incarnated that's the whole point but like um it's just i think it's really important to to sort of summarize i think it's really important to like look at something like anything but specifically the internet and all the different aspects of that that we interact with on a daily basis um not to say you need to eliminate all internet access from your life get a new job throw out your computer you know like that might be good and some people might need to do something like that i, I don't know that's between you and the lord but like we should be critical about it. We shouldn't just take everything on without thinking twice. Just assume everything is neutral. Maybe it's not good, but I mean, you know, it's whatever. Like, it's just, it's just convenient, like you said. Yeah. Or it's just, it's oh, well, it's just the way my job does. Th- like, sure, that's fine. I'm not saying you know you need to like change, like I said, change jobs or whatever. But it's like, think think critically about the way you interact with the world, and this. This is the way we interact with the world. <laughs> and we don't really have a choice a lot of the time. So like we should be kind of aware of it, right? And I think I think if nothing else, that's the takeaway that from thinking about this that I want to continue to ponder in my own life, but also just sort of throw out there on the internet, you know, like, but it's okay that I'm being totally hypocritical because we're recording this with the internet and releasing it on the internet because it's the internet. So you can say whatever you want. Um, yeah. But point being like like jokes aside like obviously there are uses and goods from the internet but like we should think about it we should just really like be a little more cautious than our age tends to be about technologies and the internet especially and all that kind of stuff yeah and just just you know slow down and think critically i think is kind of my like takeaway from this agreed yeah the last thing i'll say i mean i'm somebody who like in some senses craves inconvenience um and I say that half jokingly, but I think of like the things that I, I, I purposely sometimes will go out of my way inconveniently to do things because it sort of bucks against the trend that our world follows, right? You know, a great example is records. It, records are a very inconvenient means or mode of listening to music. I mean, even with a CD, you put in a CD and it plays start to finish. With a record, you at least have to turn it. You have to, you know, press the button, play it flip it, do that again. Don't I mean obviously you can order records online, but I vastly prefer driving the 30 minutes, looking through the bins, getting my hands on the physical thing. And I think honestly at the end of the day, dude, what social media, but more generally speaking the internet, what the internet does to us, it's idolatry. It's making us into little gods. It it makes us omnipotent. Um in some senses, omnipresent. I can be in lots of different places at one time. Um, it's giving us power that perhaps is not power that we're meant to have. Um, and it's it, it, at the end of the day, it really just it, it's it is dangerous, um, and it it's something that ought to be stewarded well. Obviously, like you've said, we're a podcast. I'm about to do an outro where I tell you to connect with us on social media and uh, on email. But just like Lucas said, think, think critically, 
uh, don't just accept. I mean, I'm thinking of stuff like this chat GPT or whatever um, that is like all the rage over the last couple of months and all the like possibilities that stuff like that has to offer, like artificial intelligence. Like, man, <laughs> can we slow it down a little bit, guys? Like, we don't even have like human intelligence figured out. Now you're trying to get some artificial stuff going. And like, man, who. When you think about the advent of the internet, there were people who were offering warnings back then, and some of that, like you're saying, has come to fruition. So I'm offering you a warning now to to think critically, um, to engage wisely, to not just accept the next passing trend as like this is good and I'm gonna take it, um, but but think theologically, think relationally, um, and I think w- in the end we would all be better off if we did things like that. But anyway, without any further ado, let's wrap this boy up. I have a prayer which comes fresh from the Psalms. Psalm 146. It says, Hallelujah, my soul praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing to my God as long as I live. Do not trust in nobles, in a son of man who cannot save. When his breath leaves him, he returns to the ground. On that day, his plans die. Happy is the one whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever, executing justice for the exploited and giving food to the hungry. The Lord frees prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up those who are oppressed. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord protects resident aliens and helps the fatherless and the widow. There's my blood sugar meter telling me, telling me my blood sugar is low. But continuing on, um, the Lord, I'll just back it up. The Lord protects resident aliens and helps the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Zion, your God, reigns for all generations. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, man, yeah, for sure. Like I said, I'm about to give you a nice little uh, outroduction. Is that a word? I'm just going to call it an outro. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Doxology Podcast. Thank you guys for listening to the 250 previous episodes as well. Um, Our 250th episode helped push us over 50,000 all-time downloads which is just like incredible we're weeks away from our three-year anniversary as a podcast and all of that is thanks to you so if you want to connect with us hit us up on twitter and instagram at doxology podcast send us an email at doxologypodcast at gmail.com we'd love your questions we'd love your feedback especially on an episode like this one uh what do you think is the internet good is it bad is it neutral what are your experiences what are ways in which you try to detach um whatever it might be we'd love to hear from you we hope you're doing well uh and remember if you are going to engage on the internet be nice just just be nice and try to like not be a, a tool all right anyway till next time see ya see ya